welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. John said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbrough, and glad you're joining me today. And uh, it's been a little while. It's been about, I think, four weeks or so since I put a podcast out, and it's just been crazy. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. And uh, actually, I'm out for a drive this morning, so I'm recording this on my uh, my cell phone. So if the audio quality and uh, up to normal standards, then uh, sorry about that. But uh, as you know, it's been kind of difficult for me to squeeze out a podcast lately. So just doing it when I can. And uh, I thought I'd just tell you a little bit about what's going on and, and give you some updates around the homestead. And I think I'll just call this episode Chewing the Fat because that's kind of what I'm going to do. I don't have a specific topic or anything like that. I just wanted to touch base. You know, it's been a little while. And uh, I don't want that to be a normal thing that, you know, the, the slower season's approaching quickly. And I'll be able to get a lot more content out and, uh, you know, it'll just be a, it'll kind of get back to normal here pretty soon, but it just got crazy, crazy busy for a little bit. But let's just talk about that first. What's been going on? So I've been working a lot of six day weeks. And when I say I work six day weeks, they're like 12 hour days, you know, (laughs) six days a week. So, uh, after you go home and do a couple, you know, things around the house and take a couple hours doing that, spend a little time with the the kids or the grandkids, if they're hanging out and, and doing, you know, over at the house and, and, you know, it hunting season approach. So I'm trying to squeeze in some, you know, trips to the woods anytime I can. I haven't been able to do too much. I think I've went out like four times and, and I want to get out a lot more, uh, try to bag a deer this year and, uh, you know, shoot some more squirrel and things like that. And it's just really difficult right now. It's just such a busy time. Well, with all that going on, you know, podcast, blogging kind of takes a back seat for a short bit. And, um, and that's one thing that's really good about the winter time uh, in the winter. Uh, it, it just gets, you know, easier to do content. It's when I do a lot of content uh, through the winter time and right in the middle of the summer, I actually do a lot too, because when it's, you know, a hundred degrees out, there ain't as much, uh, stuff to do outside either. Um, just cause there's just, you know, as there's just water in the garden, and a whole lot you can do in hundred degree weather, um, you know, for too long anyway. So I do a lot of content right in the middle of the summer. And I seem to do quite a bit in the uh, in the winter time, but boy, springtime and fall, very difficult to get podcasts out, write a lot of uh, uh, blog posts and things like that. But hopefully, you'll understand. And, and also, I had some you know kind of medical issues too, uh, and I'll talk a little bit about that. You know, my blood pressure just went crazy for some reason. I, I don't know why, but I, I've had blood high blood pressure in the past, and because of my diet and losing a lot of weight, my blood pressure. Actually, I was able to come off of blood pressure medicine a few years ago, and uh, but I still monitor it pretty closely because I just worry about it. Well, I can tell, you can just feel it when your blood pressure is getting kind of high, so I was just kind of keeping an eye on it, and uh, I uh, checked it, and it was just kind of off the charts. I thought, what is going on here? So, you know, I, I hadn't been sleeping much because of just doing so much stuff. I've only been sleeping maybe four hours a night, most nights. So I said, I got to sleep more. So I meant no more getting up early to do my podcast, you know, getting up at, you know, 
three, four o'clock in the morning to do my podcast. If I'm going to sleep in a little bit and try to get a little more sleep, maybe, you know, maybe that's the issue. Maybe that's why I'm, my blood pressure is up high. I'm just not getting enough sleep. And maybe my diet's suffering a little bit and get that back under control. So, you know, I started sleeping in. I'm started sleeping six and a half, seven hours a night. Still, you know, I'm just drained. I feel really low energy and um, still blood pressure still a little high. So I'm like, what is going on here? So, you know, before I went to the doctor for all this, I want to try something I haven't done in a few years, and that's take a multivitamin. You know, maybe I'm just not getting something in my diet. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of folks say, ah, multivitamins aren't that great for you or whatever. And, and it's something I haven't really taken. There was a time when I used to be, I used to run a lot of half marathons and 5Ks and 10Ks and things like that. I used to be a runner. And I took a multivitamin back then, and I always felt pretty good. But I haven't taken them for years. And um, so I just started taking a multivitamin. And I started taking, and the one I was taking was Centrum, and it doesn't have iron in it. So I was taking iron even every other day, a separate iron pill every other day, just to see if I could get my energy levels back up, kind of get things back under control. And uh, lo and behold, after just a few days of taking a vitamin, um, I felt better. I felt like I had a lot of energy back. Blood pressure went down. Everything kind of seemed to go back normal for some reason. So evidently there's just something in my diet I'm not getting enough nutrients of. And I'm 46 years old. I, you know, I mean, I, my body's changing. There's just no doubt about that. And I might need some things I didn't need before. So I went with that Centrum for men. Uh, you know, I've read a lot of stuff. Some people say it's great. Some people say it's not. But it's working for me. I, I don't know. I've been taking it for a couple of weeks now. And um, it's, I feel a lot better. I feel like I got my energy levels back up and uh, just feel good again. So, um, yeah, that's part of it. So, you know, maybe just a break, too, getting more sleep. Maybe it kind of caught up with me. I don't know, but I feel good. So uh, it's going to stick with it for a while. And, um, you know, I think maybe that'll make a difference as far as me getting more content out again and things like that because I just feel rested finally <laughs> after a few, a few weeks of kind of taking off of things. But, uh, yeah, we'll get back to doing things as normal. But, you know, things haven't stopped around the homestead. We've been pretty busy. I've been posting some uh, videos and some, um, uh, just pictures and stuff around the homestead of me working in the greenhouse and getting it set up for winter. And, you know, we were up till just two weeks ago, I had tomatoes still growing in there and we were still harvesting tomatoes. And I just thought, well, it's time to go ahead and yank them anyway. Uh, because, well, I got to get start getting things set up for winter time in the greenhouse. Cause I like to grow a lettuce and spinach. And we talked about that in the last episode, some things I grow in the winter time, but I'm, I'm going to do a lot more this year in the greenhouse and, you know, get things going for next year, even, uh, and doing some propagating of some cuttings and things like that. I want to do a lot of stuff in that little tiny greenhouse of mine. So, um, you know, been getting that ready. And I posted a picture uh, yesterday of the uh, comfrey around my, uh, fruit trees. And, uh, well, that's working out better than I could have even imagined. I had originally just planted a couple uh, of comfrey crowns around my pear trees and maybe one of my apple trees. And just, you know, a lot of folks will plant, you know, a, a ground cover around fruit trees just to help retain moisture and, you know, kind of even some people do uh, something to deter pests and things like that. Now, comfrey isn't going to do a very good job of that, but it has a lot of other benefits. And when I first planted it there, it was mostly because I just wanted to provide some good shade for the soil around the trees to kind of retain the moisture and whatnot. But some side benefits of that were that it blooms nice flowers, which drags pollinators to your fruit trees. And that's a great plus. And something I didn't even really think about much, um, 
Well, I did think about the nutrient value of the dying leaves. It wasn't something I was even going to chop and drop. I was just going to kind of let them die on their own and, you know, kind of feed the soil around the tree. And boy, just something I hadn't really thought about was the wintertime. You know, a, a lot of folks like to mulch their trees in the wintertime, kind of insulate the roots a little bit and really give it that extra protection in the cold weather. And um, this comfrey has made just this nice pile of comfrey leaves all around the tree as these leaves are beginning to die. They're kind of laying down and making this nice pile of, of insulating leaves around the tree. And as those die, it's going to provide a lot of nutrients into the soil, plus just going to really insulate the soil. And uh, so I, I really think it's an extra benefit of putting, you know, a living mulch like that around a tree. And comfrey is an excellent one just because of all the, the extra benefits of comfrey. So I think it's a great idea. It's so much better to me than just piling up wood chips around a tree like you see so many people. Matter of fact, I'll do it right up against the trunk of the tree and they'll, they'll kind of, you need to really expose that, that root flare, you know, from that. Most people just pile it right up against the tree and then you get some, you know, you get this moisture being held up against the trunk all the time and, and you know, that they don't get that sun exposure to the, uh, the root flare. So this is just such a, a much better way of doing things. You, in the summertime, you get a little bit of airflow through the leaves so it isn't a solid mulch, you know, I mean, you get some airflow through there, but yet you get in the shade of the leaves. Uh, protecting that soil and just all the other side benefits. So I just wanted to mention that. I went out yesterday also and dug up some uh, some goji berry uh, shoots. Uh, you know, something I didn't even know about goji berry, and, and I'm not really a big fan of it in this case, is the fact that it spreads. <laughs> the roots just shoot out everywhere, and I get these. It's kind of like raspberry. I don't know if you grow raspberry, you've noticed this, that it'll start shooting up everywhere around the raspberry plant. Well, I mean, I've got goji berry plants popping up seven, eight feet away from the goji berry where I originally planted the goji berry a couple years ago. And I don't really want it there because it's a very large plant. It really spreads out huge. Um, yeah, it's it's become a little bit of a nuisance plant in the place where I put it. Now, I think it's a great plant. I think the, uh, the health benefits of goji are amazing. I think it has just tons of benefits. But it's just not an ideal place. I didn't know that. I didn't do my homework on goji before I, before I planted that one plant. Now it's put giving me a ton of berries, um, you know, and I think they're they're a very healthy berry to to throw in, you know, if you want a smoothie or even dehydrate. Somebody turned me on to dehydrating them this last summer, and boy, they they taste great when you dehydrate them. They don't taste so great uh, raw, but when you dehydrate them, for some reason, whatever that nasty taste is that's in the goji berry. It goes away when you dehydrate them, and uh, and they taste great. And I was dropping them in cereal and everything else, and just eating them. And you know, I'm still dropping them in smoothies and, and whatnot. And it's just a you know, I like them. I've come to to enjoy them in certain ways, um, but I don't want them everywhere in my garden. And so I've been digging them up, and just potting them and planting them. I and mean, I think I'm going to sell a few uh, come spring, or maybe even just give a few away. I I potted up a dozen of them uh, of just yesterday just do them in the greenhouse and you know i imagine they'll get big and bushy and viney in the greenhouse before spring even gets here but they'll be pretty large plants and and that's okay you know i i know some some folks that would love to have them that have a lot of uh room uh for plants like that and uh you know it, it'll work out good for them uh, if they you know and i might be able to sell a few more and i'll give them to a couple people that i know and sell a few to some other folks but yeah, it's a great plant. Just it, you got to be careful where you plant it. That's for sure because it's a uh, much larger and, and 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 a little more invasive than I expected it to be. Honestly, um, 
you know, for a guy who deals with comfrey and people talk about the evasiveness of uh, comfrey, oh, goji's way worse. And, uh, and, and it's even worse than raspberry. I mean, my raspberries will pop up everywhere and it's worse than that. I mean, it, it, it goes everywhere. Uh, what else we've been doing around there? Uh, you know, we're done preserving anything. We picked the last of the tomatoes, put those up. I mean, I guess I'm still drying some herbs and stuff because I've moved most of the herbs to the uh, greenhouse. So we're still picking a few mints and, you know, making mint teas and, and things like that. And, you know, dry, drying a few things in the dehydrator and stuff like that. You know, if I get a deer, there'll be some canning done there. Um, be some dehydrating done there, you know, making some jerky and things like that. So, um, hopefully I get one. If not, you know, the time in the woods to me is not wasted time, especially right now. It's been a, a stressful, uh, last few months, you know, I've been kind of under a lot of stress at work and, and just a lot of things going on, um, you know, around the house and stuff. So it's, it's been, it's been nice to take the break and go spend the time in the woods. And even if I don't get a deer, it's just nice to set up in a tree stand and relax and stare, stare at the trees, you know, and the squirrels and the birds and, just enjoy the time in the woods. And it's been, it's been really relaxing for me and, and kind of nice. And maybe that's, maybe that's why my blood pressure went back down. I don't know. Um, it's whatever it is, the combination of all that is working. So I'm enjoying it. Um, what else? What else? You know, I mean, as far as the membership group goes, uh, yeah, I haven't been posting a lot of stuff in there. We're still doing some, some uh, chats occasionally in there, live chats and stuff. If you want to be a part of that, Go be a part of that that membership. I'm not doing as much, but again, here in another month, I'll be starting to, you know, putting a lot of content back in there, and uh, that'll be really beneficial. Plus, you know, you've been missing podcasts, and you're not part of the membership group. I think there's 18 or 19 uh, extra podcasts in there you can go in there and listen to. So uh, join the membership group, and then there's a lot going on there. You can go to thehomesteadforum.com to find out more about that. But yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think it's worth uh, what we got going on in there. What else was I going to talk about? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot going on still around the, the yard. I mean, everything's going good. I've still got the quail. I was considering butchering, butchering them uh, and then just starting a new uh, uh, flock next year. But I, I think I'm going to hang on to about a dozen of them and then just uh, incubate some eggs next year and grow the flock back out and just butcher some of the roosters and, and, and maybe a couple of the older hens and, um, you know, keep those. Rabbits are doing good. I'm getting ready to butcher uh, four of those here probably in the next week. Um, so we got some of that going on. So, you know, livestock's still, still doing good. I I had that bad experience breeding the one doe. Uh, I think I'm going to try her one more time. I really like her. She's a she's a great doe. She's very beautiful. She's a American chinchilla, beautiful fur. I mean, I just, last time she had a batch, they were just some of the, 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 the best looking rabbits I think I've ever uh, had and uh, made great meat rabbits. The fur was great. I saved all the fur to do some stuff with. And uh, I just think they're going to be, they're a great rabbit that come from her. And I, I don't know why she failed me uh, last time we bred her. So I'm going to try again. Uh, maybe it was just, it was kind of hot outside and maybe she just didn't feel like, you know, having youngins at the time. And it was kind of, maybe it was a survival instinct to do what she did. Uh, just ignore her, uh, her kits like that. But I'm going to try again. And uh, we'll see if we can uh, get some nice uh, uh, buns out of her. So, um, yeah, that's still going good. I, I'm considering moving, building a small quail aviary uh, outside of where I have them right now in cages and going more uh, 
uh, uh, kind of a, just an aviary, a walk-in aviary, just letting them have more room and expanding their cages into more of a rabbit uh, area. Uh, where I have them right now, turning that, just using that all up for rabbits. And I have a little place picked out that I think would work pretty good. It's about uh, 5 by 12 area, 5 by 10, 12, something like that area. And it's kind of tucked in behind the um, where I have my little grape arbor built. And uh, so it'd have some good shade there. It's kind of it's kind of behind some things. I'd have to just figure out the design of it exactly, make me a little walk-in door. I just, uh, I see people doing that, you know, and it just seems like the quail are happier and pretty productive. And it seems like just a great way to raise quail. And uh, I think I'm going to try that. I think I'm going to maybe build something there and uh, maybe even just plant some comfrey in there and stuff. And they'll have places to hide under and you know, hang out in and even eat off the comfrey and things like that. Leave about half of it open to the weather so it'll continue to grow. And I just don't think a bunch of quail could, uh, I don't know, they eat comfrey pretty heavy, but I, I, don't, I think that the comfrey uh, would survive with them pecking at it. Not like chickens, you know, they don't scratch up, tear things apart like chickens do. And I kind of am curious to wonder if a few comfrey plants growing inside of a quail aviary uh, would survive. And I think my thought is they would. I, I just don't think the quail, maybe if a bunch of them really hammered one of them at one time, maybe they might defeat it. But I have a feeling Comfrey would keep up with the quail and it would give them something to, to munch on and a hide under and things like that if, if it would hold up. So, I mean, it's worth an experiment. I guess it just depends on how many quail you have in there and uh, that sort of thing. But I think it would work. So just some ideas of things I'm, I'm thinking about. I'm also considering throwing a little hoop uh, over the, uh, just kind of building a little miniature hoop house kind of over my aquaponics tank and maybe throwing a, some spinach or something on top of that for uh, the winter time, uh, throwing a, a tank heater inside of it to keep the water, you know, above 40 degrees and, uh, keep it going through the winter. It's just a thought I'm having. I haven't done it yet. And I, if I'm going to do it, I need to probably do it in the next couple weeks before it gets really cold. I actually, uh, I have mint. Uh, some spearmint growing in there and it's still going and all the other stuff has died off that was in there uh, from the cold weather but there's a little bit of mint growing in there still but i was thinking i could throw some spinach in there and i'd probably do all right uh if the water was above 40 degrees and you know uh it was circulating good and everything and i had a hoop over it i think that tank heater would maintain enough heat in that little hoop house there if i just cover the whole thing with plastic and kind of hoop it up over the top of the bed and have me an area where i can feed the fish the only thing i'm concerned about is just cleaning the tank and stuff it'd be if i'm going to make it that small uh it's going to be really difficult to, to add water and clean the tank uh, things like that it'd be just difficult to get in there to the fish and things so I mean, i'd be able to feed them and, and if any die i'd be able to, to scoop them out of there but uh, i wouldn't have a lot of access for cleaning and things like that so uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll be just experimenting. If it gets too bad, I might just shut her down for the winter, dig the fish out, shut it down. So, um, just a little experiment. I'll, I'll let you know on that, or how that worked out, or if I decided to do it or not. I probably have enough going on. I probably don't need to do that. But if I don't, I'm going to have to dig all the fish out and throw them in the pond and then put them, you know, if I kept it going, I could keep them in there. So, before it freezes, because I'm going to have to drain it and get something going on with it pretty soon. So I uh, get the, the pumps dried out and put up and I might do some maintenance on it either way. Uh, so putting some uh, hoops over, it wouldn't be too hard, but uh, cause I'll let you know on that. Well, anyway, there, there's a few things I'm doing. I'm going to do a video, I think today, later today, 
somebody asked me why I keep a, uh, it's a, uh, they asked me why I keep a wood burner in my, a little wood, like a, for like making, um, like arts and crafts, you know, with a little wood burner on the pencil wood burners in my greenhouse. Well, it's actually not a wood burner. It's actually a soldering iron. It's one of them pencil soldering irons. I mean, use it as a wood burner and I do. And I, I'm going to explain in a video why I, why I keep that in there and show a couple examples of what I use it for. And I'll just go ahead and tell you here though, I use it for, uh, one, I use solo cups a lot of times for my little pots. And, uh, and I don't usually go out and buy new solo cups, but anytime you're having a little birthday party or anything, I just gather up all the old solo cups. And I hate to throw those things away because everybody buys them and then they immediately go in the trash, but they make great little planters. All you have to do is put a hole in them, a couple holes in them. And I'll usually put like four holes in them and on the very bottom. And the best way I found to do that is to heat up my little soldering iron and just touch it four times. I mean, just boom, 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 boom. And just four little holes. I mean, it just, it takes two seconds to burn four holes in the thing. It's just as quick as you touch it, it just melts little tiny holes in it. And I'll put four little holes in the very bottoms of them and they make great little nursery pots. Uh, so I use them like crazy and I just gather them up at birthday parties and whatnot that we go to, or if we have them ourselves when we buy solo cups, I always just save them and use them for, uh, for that, for planters. And, and, I just keep that soldering iron out there for that, for one thing. The other thing I use them for is I buy, I get those little craft popsicle sticks. You can buy hundreds of them for next to nothing that people make crafts and stuff out of. And they're just like popsicle sticks and they make uh, great little tags for your, uh, uh, great little markers for your pots and stuff. You stick them down in there. And what I found best is, you know, anything, if I write on them with a Sharpie or anything like that, that stuff fades, but I'll just take that and I would burn it on there. And I just write on there lettuce, or, you know, romaine or, you know, spinach or whatever on the little stick and I stick it in the planter. And that never goes away. I always have that. And so I use it for a couple things in the greenhouse. So I do keep that in the greenhouse, have a kip up on top and I just plug it in anytime I need to tap a few holes in some solo cups. One thing about that though, make sure you have some ventilation. I always open the door to the greenhouse and ventilate it a little bit before I do that because it does put off some fumes when you're doing a bunch of solo cups, putting holes in the bottoms of them. So do that. But uh, as far as the wood burning, that's no big deal. Uh, you're just barely, you know, burning any wood when you're writing on the wood. But you can use a wood burner or a little uh, pencil soldering iron to do that with, and it works really good. So that's just a couple things. I, I do keep that in the greenhouse for those purposes. And it's just a couple handy little tricks that I have that that seem to, to add a little something to the, to the you know, what I'm doing in there. So uh, just a little... A trick, but I always thought I'd just put that in a little video and pop it. I'm trying to do more videos. I did one the other day of me in the greenhouse setting it up for, for winter, some of the things that I did. And, um, you know, I'm trying to do more videos. So if you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, uh, Small Town Homestead on YouTube, go check it out and sign up. I'm going to be, uh, or just uh, uh, subscribe because I'm going to be doing a lot more little short videos, like I said, like probably under five minutes, most of them. Uh, you know, I'll probably try to put most of those in Facebook as well in the group. But, uh, you know, I want to do more on face on uh, YouTube. I, I Traditionally, what I've done mostly on YouTube is just post the podcast audio up there. People don't like that. You know, a matter of fact, I get people actually complaining about that, saying it's for you know, videos and whatnot. But some people enjoy it and they actually like it that I put the audio in YouTube because some people just kick it up on their TV and listen to it while they're doing housework or whatever. But I do try to do some videos here and there and I'm trying to do more of those. Um you know, to just add, you know, something to the YouTube channel. And I like the idea of doing video. I just don't have the luxury of the time because it, you know, well, if I'm doing a good video, it takes time. Now, when I do these little short videos, I literally just kick up my phone, 
record it and upload it right from my phone to YouTube. I don't edit it. I don't do, I, I don't even send it to my computer first or anything. I just take it right from my phone to YouTube. I don't even edit it. I add nothing to the beginning to the end or anything. It's just straightforward. What you get is what you get. And it's just the only time, thing I have time for. And I do have time for that. I mean, that's quick and easy. That's easier than doing a podcast. I mean, I could do that every day. Um, but, you know, I think most folks are used to the higher production quality of that most people put into their YouTube videos. So some people don't like that. But it's what I have time for, and it's something. You know, it's, it's the real me doing what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, go subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel if you enjoy seeing some of the things that we're doing. Uh, I might even do one on that comfrey around the tree. I did the picture post on it, but I might do one of the comfrey uh, around those uh, fruit trees. Just talk a little bit about that in a video as well if you want to see how that turned out. Uh, you know, I think that's about all I have for today. Uh, I really appreciate you joining me. And like I said, this is just kind of a chew in the fat uh, episode where I just wanted to just chat with you a little bit. You know, I consider you guys my friends. I really do. I mean, you guys have been there for, you know, many of you since the very beginning of this podcast. And I like to let you know what's going on and, and it's been a little bit and a couple of you have hit me up in emails and Facebook posts and, and things asking, Hey, what's going on? Are you okay? Cause they hadn't heard from me in a while, but uh, yeah, everything's okay. I just, I, I guess I just needed a break, you know, health wise and for my sanity and, and to get a few things done and, and, and even enjoy uh, a few things. So that's where we're at. And, uh, you know, I have a couple interviews, folks, a couple people reached out to me for some interviews and, and I've, I actually had to postpone one because I wasn't feeling very good and when we were supposed to do it. And I need to get back a hold of him. And then I've had an, uh, another lady, uh, actually somebody who was on the podcast before, wants to come on and talk about a new book they have out. And, and yeah, I want to do all that. And I'm going to do all that. I just, you know, like I said, I had to take a little break. So we have some interviews coming up, I think. If I can get back a hold of them and get them, get them on, the, on the show. And uh, there'll be some great interviews. I think you guys will love uh, hearing those. And, uh, you know, get back into topics and some questions and things like that. I know a bunch of you sending questions I just didn't get to. I may not get to most of those. I may not. You know, I'm going to have to just kind of move forward from this point since I took uh, basically four weeks off and it kind of threw me off a little bit. So I guess I, more than anything, I'm doing this episode just so I can get back into it. And this is me driving. I'm on my way to go over to get some supplies for the homestead and stuff, at a, going over to Menards and the next town over. So, you know, it's me driving down the road, and I had a little bit of time, and I thought, kick up the phone. Let's do a podcast. Let's get back into this, you know, and let's get things rolling again. So hopefully the audio quality isn't too bad on this, and I hope you enjoyed it. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. And, uh, and uh, until next time, happy homesteading, and uh, God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow. Tomorrow.